Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a cucumber. Poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber. Signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal. Live from Southern California, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. It's time for a new episode of Kings of the Podcast. Brought to you by MayorsManner.com and the fourth period. Introducing your host, born and raised in the city of angels, the mayor, John Hovan. And originally from the Bronx, now hailing from Encino, it's D.B. Dennis Bernstein. Buckle up, here we go! We're back with another edition of Kings of the Podcast. DB, we're coming to them live from Staples Center following Game 1, or Game 2, depends, because the Split Squad game started earlier, but right. Night 1 of the LA Kings preseason. We have a lot of highlights to get to. We have a special guest, Dave Joseph's coming on, the voice of the what LA Kings. What a beauty that guy is. Holy cow. But first, DB. Yes. Breaking news about an hour ago. Mm-hmm. Lay it on me. What, mm-hmm. uh, what's the new news that's out there? We're going to epi- uh, open Episode 4 with... I told you so. For all the, uh, if you could Can see Can we get us, a button that says that? If you could see me in the press, right, press row right now, I'm taking a gigantic bow. Right? <laughs> I told you guys, June 30th, the Kings were interested in bed hunting. And all the non-believers and deniers, publicly and privately, they're not interested. Well, guess what? Ben Hunton, $1.5 million, one-year deal, signed tonight. Now, obviously, John, I, I got to think it, it has something to connect it to uh, the health of Derek Forbert. Oh, right? of course. Exactly. Absolutely. So, so, but that's why. So, all for all you non-believers that don't think that me and John have inside information, right, that one's for you. <laughs> now we can continue with the rest of the show. We should just change the name of the show to Take a Bow. And yeah. every, or every I Told episode, You So. <laughs> or, it's a great name. I Told You So. With or the, the, with or the, the great mayor, the mayor. Wait, wait. Read more. Read, read more, more. Tweet less. That's right. Don't come at me, please. Like this. More a, of us, less of you. Uh, a that's, the, that's the exactly. new one I'm working Just on. Just quiet year. and listen. Listen and learn. There's another title. Listen that is a learn. good one. Listen and learn. Right. That's that's the whole. That's the impetus of. I think impetus is my new word for the season. But I like that. That is the reason behind read more, tweet less. Is learn. Yeah. Like learn something. Before you come at me. Exactly. It's funny because I was sitting, we have seats, obviously, we have seasons, too, and I, you could, if anybody saw me, I was pumping my fist <laughs> in the third period. I'm like, oh, look at this press release. Ben Hunt and signed by the Kings. Okay, wise guys. Yeah. Remember, remember the wise guys, John? Yes. Oh, they think they're smarter than us. And just sit back and relax and let us drive. Well, let's talk about the Ben Hutton thing for just a quick yeah, minute. Sure. Because Todd McClellan, after the game, he did say that uh, something very interesting. Derek Forbert is having a difficult time getting healthy. Yeah. 
That's not a good sign. That Especially when like it's through your back. Yeah, exactly. that sounds like he's going to be out longer than possibly expected. Um, and then just in general, he, uh, Todd also talked about the fact that Ben Hutton is going to be uh, coming in from the Pacific Division. He knows the division well. Yep. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a favorable contract at a million and a half. So it seems like a nice veteran presence to add because, let's be honest, outside of Drew Doughty and Alec Martinez, there's really not a lot of uh, veteran games, you know, experience, NHL experience on the, on the Kings Blue yeah, Line. Yeah, the right one now. takeaway that from Todd said he could step on NHL ice tonight. That was the one point. So he's a veteran defenseman. I, I told you – in the third period, that it could be a situation like Carl Hagelin. You're going to sign the guy for a one-year deal, $1.5 million. He's free agent at the end of the season, and you will him to a contender come the trade deadline. So or, I, I, or, go ahead. Yeah, or he plays well, Forbert gets healthy, Forbert's a UFA who go. might have more okay. value, and then you flip Forbert sure. for something better because he might give you, because, if he's healthy, and he might give you more. And that's a great point, John, because he, Ben Hunt's a true death defenseman. He's a 5'6", mm-hmm. 7 guy. Forbert, is, you know, a top four, maybe mess, uh, a five, six, seven masquerading is a top four guy. So great point by you. He plays on the top pair with Drew Doughty. But, but yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, moving on. Moving on, John. Moving on. More okay. about Drew Doughty. So, absolutely. So what we're going to do, we're going to do three periods like we did the last episode, and uh, we're going to save Dave Joseph for the second period. So first period, let's review some of the clips from Drew Doughty, uh, Dustin Brown, Todd McClellan. There's been a lot going on with training camp just a couple of days in here. Um, first up, why don't we hear from Drew Doughty? Let's talk about the uh, the glue guys. How important are glue guys? A lot of talk about skill, but what about glue guys? Let's hear from Drew. Yeah, you need like, uh, so the way the league's gone, I, you, yeah, you definitely need those glue guys. You need guys that can think. You don't just need guys that can skate. You know what I mean? That's the way the league's going now. Just throw pucks around and skate and, you know, yeah, you need those guys because the game has gone in that direction, but you need the guys that can think both on the ice, off the ice, guys that can help their teams in the room. Yeah, those glue guys, you know, it's not really guys that run around that you need anymore, but those glue guys in the rock locker room are really important. And we do have those guys on our team. We uh, just need to do it better. So they do have glue guys in the room, but they need to do yeah, it better. Like, uh, and the league is going in, in a certain direction, which Drew waxes on uh, about later. Yeah that he's not too thrilled with completely. Uh, these guys <laughs> just throw pucks around and have speed. It's hockey IQ, and it's funny because I know that he probably didn't articulate it in the way that most people would have expected to hear it, right. but Drew Doughty's hockey IQ is off the charts. That's, mm-hmm. that's like one of his top traits. His hockey IQ is well, unbelievable. Well, it's definitely not his conditioning, John, and I'll hold off on that for a few seconds. So. Okay. <laughs> well, moving on. Uh, his hockey IQ is off the charts, and he right. wants to play with those guys that are those high-end thinkers. And, yeah. and, I, and I thought that that was an interesting sort of but rationale I, that he was bringing I think, there. though, John, I think if you ask privately, I think part of the problem of Drew's season last season is was he thinking? He was thinking too much. Just go out and play. Read and react. Don't start thinking. And I think when he thinks too much, he probably gets in trouble, to be honest with you. So um, some issues going on with that player, I think, to be honest with you. But we can, we can continue. Well, I think that part of the issue there with him trying to think too much, DB, is trying to take on too much. Right, exactly. He's a perfectionist. You know, he's he's an elite player. And we saw this with Gretzky even, for example. Mm-hmm. That you, it, you sometimes can't communicate to other people what you're thinking or, or, or you know, the way that you play the game. It's why, it's why Wayne wasn't a good coach. He right. knows what to do, right. but he couldn't communicate yes. it. Two Drew, different things. Drew, he's, he's on a different level, and he's trying to, you know, run around, scream, and yell at guys and tell them to be better. But, you know, you can't all be Drew Doughty. No. Drew can be Drew Doughty. Right. And he has to accept that there are different types of players, and he mentions this later on with respect to emotions and dealing with, with teammates and younger teammates as well. 
Yeah, so let's hear the second clip. It, it sort of, it, it doesn't really have as much to do with Glue Guy and what we're going to get into later, <laughs> but it was kind of funny because he was asked about, well, Daryl Sutter, who we talked about in a recent episode, and him taking a job down with the Anaheim Ducks. Yeah, some comic relief from Jew Daddy. It's just getting paid. Um, <laughs> trying to get a job. Like, he misses the game. I don't blame him at all. Um, he's obviously going to know how to, or he's going to think he knows how to beat us in some ways, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and he probably does know a few ways, so... Uh, I guess they have a little bit of an advantage there, but uh, we look forward to playing the Anaheim Ducks every game, and you know we want to win that season series. No, he loves the game of hockey. He's a great hockey mind, great coach. As as much as you know, at the end things kind of went south. We were getting in arguments and stuff like that. I love Daryl. You know, from the bottom of my heart, he's a great coach, great person, great family, and cared about his players and their families. So, love Daryl, even though. You know, sometimes we butt heads. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. I mean, he was around all the time, so we loved hanging out with him. Uh, I actually miss having him around, but I think he, I don't know if he'll switch. I think he's still a Kings fan, but we'll see. Probably going to follow his dad, so that'll hurt a bit. Yeah. At the end there, uh, DB, there were, that was a question about Chris Sutter right. and how much it would hurt to see Chris in a Kings sweater. I mean, excuse me, in a Ducks Duck sweater. sweater yep. And what, what Drew was really saying was he doesn't think that Chris Sutter is going to switch <laughs> over to the other side. He thinks that, you know, to his core, Chris Sutter is a Kings fan. So I found that to be pretty interesting. Um, any reaction just to what, what Drew had to say there about, you know, our former friend, Daryl? I haven't texted Daryl this week, so. The Iceman wants to get paid. That's <laughs> as simple as that. He wants to check. and But to see him on ice, because I thought that was going to be a consulting gig where he'd call in, maybe, you know, get on the phone with uh, with da- Dallas Aikens and give some fatherly advice. No. Some, some expertise. No, he was on ice in a, in sweats with a stick first day of practice that was uh that, that was, was impressive. wild that, yeah, was, that was that was that was pretty it was wild surprising for sure yeah you know i also think that there was to a certain extent a more mature drew Doughty in that answer i know there was some comic relief in there yeah. but he 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 chose his words carefully when he when he talked about it, it sort of gives anaheim a little bit of an advantage and it, right. it's it's different than the old drew who would have maybe given them bulletin board material right. exactly. oh we look forward to playing the anaheim ducks you know i just thought that it was he was a little more measured in his yeah, he talked about the rivalry and and said yeah. and complimented Daryl, saying uh, he could probably figure out some ways to beat us so yeah well it's going to be interesting yeah. um now let's get back to really the meat of what drew had to yeah. say on day one of training camp which is him talking about younger players this is a a couple of different comments stitched together into one clip didn't have a lot of that last year, a lot of tough love. Um, you know, when I was a young guy in the league, uh, you know, teammates and coaches got on me every day, and uh, it was more teammates than coaches, and, um, you know, that's kind of shied away. Um, guys don't get on young guys like they used to in the past, and uh, I don't know why that is, but I think uh, with this new coaching staff, uh, no, everyone's going to be held accountable to, to the same level. I give it to everyone. Um, <laughs> You know, in a good way, I'm trying to help them. I'm not trying to embarrass them or anything. I'm trying to help our team win. And, uh, you know, I want guys to get on me, too. You know, I'm going to get on not just young guys. I can get on Kopey, get on Brownie, whoever it may be. We need to be a winning team this year. We were embarrassed with, you know, the last four seasons. If if, Ask me. Our last, whatever, since we won the last cup, has been shit. So, um, yeah, we're ready to go. And uh, we need to get on each other and expect more out of each other. And that's, that's all I can say. Oh, yeah, he'd get on everyone. Yeah, they knew he loved me. He brought me in. Uh, it was like my dad for many years. But, uh, yeah, if I had a bad period, he'd come in and, and let me know what, what the hell are you doing type thing and we need you type thing. And, uh, like I said, that doesn't happen as much anymore. And sometimes I think that's why we've gone south because we don't have those guys that get on guys. And so I think our veterans need to get on each other and on the young guys and on everyone. 
And I'm sure some guys don't like that other guys get on other guys. You know, that's the same thing, too. So it's a very fine line, you know, how hard to get on guys and what to say to guys. And now guys are a little more fragile, so you can't say as bad things as you could in the past. DB, he was really taking some of the younger players to task. But, you know, I have a mixed reaction to a lot of this because okay. while Drew is making some solid points, he somewhat needs to turn around and look at himself because he is older. Here's one for you, DB. Mm-hmm. He is older now than Matt Green was when Matt Green was giving it to everybody. Correct. So, right. And he was talking about Matt Green. Uh, yeah, he was. I'm sorry. That part yeah. clipped, uh, missed out of the clip there. So yeah. if he's older than Matt Green was at that time, then it's time for Drew to step up and fill that Matt Green role, if you will, and really start to give it to some of these young players. But you could see the struggle. You could hear it in his words. Mm-hmm. He's having a tough time because some of these younger players are fragile. Yeah. Um, can I speak my piece about Drew Downey now? Yeah, go for it. Um, that last season was an embarrassment for Drew Downey. Um, if he's not motivated and doesn't come to camp in better shape, I, I think it's time to stop talking, to be honest with you, John. I, I, re, I mean, I, I like the act. I think it's great for us uh, in the media. The quotes were great. Um, I, I, think that, I, I think that part of the organization might think that it's time to start talking, start playing. Um, his fitness has always been kind of an issue with him, and I get it. He is a special player, and he's a savant on the ice. But I, I think that the act has worn a little bit thin. And now, John, at $11 million a year, he has to be clearly their best player this season, not only because of the cash, but because there's such a need at that position for him to stand up and be the equal of Giordano and Burns and Carlson. And he wasn't that last year. So I, I, this is a real litmus test for Drew. Drew's banner's going to be up. His number's going to be at the rafters uh, when he retires. Um, he, deser- he deserved that contract. I agree with it. But now, and I think you mentioned it as well, it's time for a different Drew Doughty. It's a 30-year-old Drew Doughty, not a 22-year-old kid who's just living by the beach and loving life, right? This is a mature player right now, and his team desperately needs his leadership. So I think that really Drew Doughty has to shift gears here. He wants to talk about, you know, chirping – Matthew Kachuk in Calgary, that's great. But he's really got to show up this season and be a Norris Trophy candidate for me. I See, I disagree with you a little bit Go here, ahead. DB. I, absolutely, he needs to be a Norris Trophy candidate. Absolutely, the LA Kings need him to be their best player. And, you know, you, you're, you're only going to – well, not you're only, but in order to be a true Stanley Cup contender, you need to have that stud defenseman, and that's what Drew yep. Doughty is. That's why is. you would never trade him. You would never think about trading him. He's here for the long haul and so on. Right. But – I, this is not a P.K. Subban situation. So I, I don't see this as somebody who's flamboyant and, and, and so outgoing that he's, he's rubbing some of his teammates the wrong way mm-hmm. and, and or coaches or management. I don't think that's what we're it's, talking he's about. He's not a P.K. Subban. I agree okay, with you. So he is speaking his mind. He's letting people know things. And last year, though, to me, was the exception. If we see the same thing this year, I might agree with you in 12 months. But to me, last year was the exception. And I think that Drew took it a lot harder than some of the other people did Hopefully uh, on the did. team. But my, my point to you, John, is that he should never have a season like that. It happens. Never. I know it happens. I get I, and, it. And, and I get it. I, it's yes, just I agree that it shouldn't happen. But last year was such a terrible set of circumstances that all sort of everything aligned incorrectly, yeah. if you will, at, at, at the wrong time. I just think the organization has challenged him to be a top five defenseman, to get back to the level he once was because he clearly wasn't that last season. He clearly wasn't that last season, but I still do believe that Drew Doughty is a top five defenseman in the NHL. Okay. All right. We'll have to wait and see how that plays (laughs) itself out. 
Um, as we as we move forward here and, and uh, wrap up the first period, Dave, Dave Joseph is yelling in my ear that there's one minute remaining in the first period. Um, I just want to get a quick synopsis from you on sure. some of the younger players that were part of the first game here tonight. Bjornfoot is skating. is just beautiful. Uh, Kaliev loves to shoot the puck. <laughs> Down in Arizona tonight, Akil yeah. Thomas, Mikey Anderson picking up points. You know, you're getting on the kid train here, DB. You're, I am. You're liking the prospects I wish now, I was so. in Arizona tonight. Showed <laughs> a lot better. I think we all do. Uh, Rick, Tockett, <laughs> Rick Tockett accurately pointed out the fi- combined final score in his press conference down in, uh, in Arizona. So it was a, yeah. it was a drubbing. I, I think beyond foot, you mentioned him, uh, smooth skating defenseman. And, John, I think outside shot to make the team, you know. And then Kupari, who I still think John is a winger. I still, I, I, you mentioned the World Championships where he was awesome. I just love well, that Well, he speed. played the wing at the World yeah, Juniors. Yeah, I love that speed coming off the wing. And plus, there's less responsibility in NHL playing wing as opposed to center. So to acclimate to when he eventually gets here, I'd like to see him break in as an, as an NHL winger and then maybe move him to center as he matures. But I think those are the two guys that I took away with uh, that were most impressive with respect to what I saw out there in the ice tonight. Yes, and McClellan would agree with you on Kapari. Had a lot of positive things to say yeah, he there. Did. I, I just don't see Bjornfoot making it this year. I think that it would be great if he did make because it's it's a great story and it's wonderful for the franchise because yeah. another first round pick, pick defenseman makes, it, early. makes yep. it. But I think it's the wrong move at this Agreed. time. An eighteen year old defenseman, you don't need to rush him. You have a a, a trailer full of uh, you do, and There's I don't mean no that derogatory. To rush anybody, you, you you have Jersey and you have yep. Mikey Anderson and you have Clegg and you have so many of these other young kids that are in Ontario. There's no reason to rush yep. him. Anderson Let him go back tonight in Arizona. As yeah, well. He did, he uh, did. But I agree. First, with John. first star of the game, by the way, John. Too. There's no reason to rush anybody. Right? Mm-hmm. If they overcook these prospects by rushing them, then then the wrong guys are running the team, to be honest with you. Yeah, you don't you don't need him here. So and I know yeah, with Forbert agreed. being hurt, that could possibly open up a roster. Exactly. Spot, but but still. look, you just plugged the hole. You signed Ben Hutton. Ben Hutton. So you're good Who to had go. Ben Hutton in June. Oh, All right. Okay. First period's come to an end. Yep. Second period, we have a special guest. It'll be Dave Joseph coming up. Second period, kings of the podcast. Welcome to the show. The horseman right again. Look at who it is. This yeah, guy. baby. <laughs> we need to do this in video so people can see this beautiful face. No, no. let's keep it on uh, Keep it on a podcast. Okay. Face made for radio. Oh, that's, yeah. Face made for is that radio. what your parents told you? Yeah, that's what everyone tells me. Yeah. I'm a monster for Pete's sake. Well, I love to bring this up as often as I can. I went to Motley Crue with your mom. so You did. <laughs> I know. Yeah, my mom was rocking out at Crue in uh, Las Vegas. She okay, really liked that show. For those who don't know that voice... It's Dave Joseph, the PA announcer for the LA Kings. Uh, who else, Dave? Where, where else you uh, walking? The Ontario Reign. That's right. I think you've heard of those guys. I, I have. Uh, backup for the LA Galaxy. Okay. I'm also the voice for LA Galaxy 2. Great. Uh, the uh, Legends Football League. And I've done uh, some soccer games at the Rose Bowl, some International Champions Cup soccer games. So we hear you on news radio these you, days you as well? You can hear me uh, doing uh, traffic reports on Sirius XM satellite radio wow. and some other stations in the Los Angeles area. Wow. Okay, so there with that, go. that's uh, a long ass resume, bro. That, <laughs> thank you. That's just touching on what you've done here. You've also have uh, done a lot of work back in New York and in your earlier days. I did. I, I actually uh, I worked for Rush Limbaugh. I don't, a lot of people have heard of Rush Limbaugh. Great. Now this is going to become a political. No, podcast. it's not. No, at no, all. No, 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 no. I, did, I just worked for them and uh, Sean Hannity. I know a lot of people know the wow. name Sean Hannity. I used to yep. work for him. Uh, a lot of people back in the New York area, yeah. So, so goes back 
My my career spans it almost thirty years in the radio business. John. So you started when you were four. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You started exactly. four. Look, I want to get into a couple things here. I, plenty of time to talk about the Kings, okay. but really, let's let's get into the Dave Joseph stuff because I think wow. this is kind of no seriously. I think this people want to know. Agree. Exactly, and I think okay. this. I have an interesting sort of set of questions for you. Um, we know what the players do in the summer, right? And the, they're they're on the ice and they're training and everything, and you know they're getting ready with training camp and whatnot, but. I really don't think that people know what you go through to get ready for the season. So can you just kind of walk people through? For example, you didn't just get in your car and drive down here tonight and cold turkey, boom, just start calling the game. No. You've, you've been prepping and there, there's rehearsal and just what, oh, what, yeah. can, what can you share with people about what it's like for a training camp for the, you know, the PA announcer? Well, uh, a lot of it is, is uh, seeing the players and then it, it, from a PA announcer's point of view, it's learning – the players and, and how to say their names because my theory is, you know, a lot of these guys, you may only say their name once in a preseason game, but they're going to be here for years to come. Right. So mm-hmm. you want to, you want to learn their names and learn how they right. like to have their name said. So a lot of that is practicing over the summer. How do you say Tobias Bjornfoot or Bjornfoot or whatever he might want to be well, called? How do you do that then? So, so the well, player gets drafted. What, what do you do? Like, do you call PA? Do you talk to the player? Do you, how do you prepare for Bjornfoot? A little bit of both. Some of it is watching video. A lot of it's watching uh, YouTube videos. You can usually find YouTube videos on most of the players. Um, some of the players from Europe and from Russia, it's a little harder to find. But a lot of it is studying video of how, how the announcers call their names. Uh, some of it is talking to the Kings PR staff and saying, hey, can you talk to this person and see how he likes to have his name said? Um but it, it's just doing research, and if you get a chance to actually talk to the player, that's the best-case scenario. It doesn't always happen that way where you, you don't have that access. Um, but if not, it, like tonight before the game, I sat down with Nick Nixon, King's Hall of Famer, play-by-play uh, uh, I've radio. heard of him. Yeah, I've heard Nick of him, yeah. <laughs> And he and I went through pronunciations for both the Kings and the Arizona Coyotes team. So it's always it's, – it's constant studying, I guess you could say, of, of – each of the players, not only with the Kings, but from other teams as well. Yeah, you've got 30 other teams to cover as correct. well. Exactly. Correct, correct. And, and a nice thing that we put together, um, PA announcers around the league, we have our own site, and each PA announcer from each individual team will read the roster for his team, and then it's posted on a website the just audio. for the, P- the audio of the PA announcer saying each player's That's name. That's really cool. I so you can existed. go, if we're playing the Dallas Stars... I can hear Jeff Kay, who does the Stars PA, say his players' names one by one. Okay. So before Dallas comes into town, I'll go on the website and I'll say, oh, that's how you pronounce his name. I'll just listen to Jeff Kay do it. Or I'll listen to uh, somebody, you know, how the Philadelphia Flyers PA announcer says their guys' names. So you can pretty much get a beat on it because the PA announcers know for the most part, unless mm-hmm. they've got a, a recent call-up or a guy who hasn't played, but for the most part – They've done their research, too, and they know how to say their players' names. So that's the, that's the research and the studying that goes into it. Give, give, us, a, give, it, give us a blooper reel here. What, what's a, can you think of a player's name that you've just totally botched, even if you practiced it ahead of time and you knew it, and then, and then all of a sudden the guy scores a goal, and you're like, blah, 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 oh, blah, blah. God, you know? yeah, there have been, there have been yeah. several. Um, and none are coming to mind right none now. None are coming to mind? Okay. I, I, I'm just, I, well, how I'm, about the most difficult name? Oh. No. No, the guys, it, it's funny. Tobias Bjornfoot was a, that's that's a, tough that's a good one. one. That's a tough one. <laughs> Whenever Buffalo comes here, for whatever reason, Buffalo has guys like Rasmus Ristolainen, 
you know, right. mm-hmm. names like that that don't just roll Rubber off Rubber Biggie, Bubby, Bubby Right, yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, there are guys Zemus like... Gergensons. Yeah, Zemgus Gergensons. Like, right. I mean, you know, it doesn't really... They're just messing with you. Yeah, they're like, I, I see their roster, and I'm like, well, where are they coming up with So these if you're guys? taking the day off, you're going to take off the Buffalo game. <laughs> pretty so, much, yeah, okay, pretty okay. much. Some some of the French names are tough, too, because you don't know, like, you got the Roy and the Wah. Like, yes. we've got a Roy yes. here. Right, right. But Matt Roy. Guys, but then other guys are Wah. Bear. Andre right. Wah. But then there's a there's a Wah that plays for uh, in the Ducks organization, or did. I don't know if he still does. But he was playing in San Diego. So every time I go to Ontario, you've got That's Roy right. for the rain, but you've got Wah for the gulls. <laughs> so it's, it's always great. like, okay, what am I doing? So little inside PA scoop here. Oh. Uh, I write everything out phonetically on the roster. So next to Roy for the gulls, I'll write... W A H, Wa. So I don't say it incorrectly. And for our guy, I'll just write Roy. Just I know who he is, but you still don't want to screw it up in the moment. Like a lot of things happen fast, so you want to have a phonetic spelling next to right. every name, sure. so you don't screw up that name. Okay. Let's talk a little bit more about you. Uh, you're a Green Bay Packers fan. Not only am I a fan, John, but I'm also a part owner of the team. That's correct. Uh, for those that don't know, uh, <laughs> That's fantastic. Let's Green, go. Green Bay is owned uh, by the community, essentially, and there were different opportunities to buy uh, shares, shares right. of the team. Mm-hmm. So my parents decided one, one year to give me a share of the Packers as a Christmas present. So they send you a certificate that I have on my wall at home that says... You own one share of stock in the Green Bay Packers. So I am officially an owner. And this past summer, we went to training camp. And we also went to the owner's meeting at Lambeau Field and sat in the owner's meeting while they presented everything, the, the whole business plan for the upcoming season. So it's kind of like state of the franchise, but it was for the Green Bay Packers. Correct. You know, John, and- look at the stout power we've attracted to this podcast. Andre Kopitar first last week. This week... A co-owner, a part owner of the Green Bay That's Packers. Right. That's right. Yes. Can you believe that? Where do we go from here? Um, cranial explosion. <laughs> oh. Whoa. That's, That's where we go. It's a big jump. Uh, for those jump. that don't know, Dave yeah. is from the, the UP, the Upper Peninsula of... Uh, of Michigan. Yes, he's, yep. he's a Uper. So Kevin, That's, Kevin Gravel, also from the Upper Peninsula of yes. Michigan. And Matt Roy played his college hockey at Michigan Tech in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. And you became a Packers fan because from geography lesson here, from what I understand... Green Bay is closer than going to Detroit. Correct. So where I grew up in Michigan, it's a small town called Ishpeming. It's a town of about 6,000 people. It's about a three-hour drive to Green Bay. If you were to get in your car and drive from Ishpeming to Detroit, it'd take you about eight hours. Right. So Cross state. Exactly. Lamb- yeah, Michigan's a huge state. We're right on the border of Wisconsin. If you travel an hour, not even, 45 minutes west of where I grew up, you're in the central time zone. Yeah. So... Green Bay, central time zone, much closer than Detroit. That's why we were Packer fans growing up. Season ticket holders growing up. My my grandfather had season tickets. He passed them down to my dad. We still have season tickets and occasionally get to a Packers game. So back to DB's question, Cranial yeah. Explosion. Cranial Explosion was a uh, band that my brother started. My brother Brian started it when we were in high school. I was 14 years old. Uh, it was a rock band. That was mm-hmm. back back in the uh, the 80s hair, hair uh, metal explosion days. And we played a bunch of cover songs. We played... Motley Crue, we played Kiss, we played a lot of Poison, we played Rat, we played, you name it. We so basically like every band that you and I have gone to see together. Pretty much, <laughs> we played those That's songs. I, I always know what shows, oh, this is a DJ show, I'm going to have to get yes. all of them for this one. <laughs> so we started that, I, I think I was 14 years old, and um, and Dave, how, tell, tell the listeners, how did you dress, because you were the drummer. I was the drummer, yeah. Right? Okay, yeah. and how did you dress when you were behind the drum kit? Uh, 
I like to wear. <laughs> this is I, good. I sweat a lot, <laughs> so I like to wear shorts. And then I wear wrestling shoes yep. because they have flat bottoms. Have you ever, ever worn wrestling shoes? They yeah, don't flat, have like a right. sole. It's a very thin. I would almost want to play barefoot, but I didn't like the feeling of barefoot. So I wore wrestling shoes. With your dolphin shorts. With my dolphin shorts. <laughs> and then I'd wear like, uh, uh, and, and I'm, for those who know me, I'm not cut or ripped by any means. And I never have been. But I would wear like, uh, uh, I'd cut the sleeves off my t-shirt. Of course. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I'd let my scrawny arm show. Awesome. For all Showing the off the guns, baby. Let's yeah, go. you got to show off the guns when you're 14. And of you course. Have, you have no muscle structure. Uh, so, yeah. So, that's how I would dress. And we would play. We would go to local bars in Ishpeming. And we would play but at you, bars. But you couldn't get in. Night. I was 14 years old. My brother was 16. <laughs> right. But my dad knew the owner. It's a small town. So 6,000 people. 6,000 people, very small. <laughs> so my dad knew the owner of, of the bar, so they used to let us play there. Okay. We, we weren't there to drink or anything like that. We just wanted to play three or four songs and then get off the stage. It's a funny story for you, if you have time for it. Yeah, we have time. So my brother and I grew up. It's a podcast, on. unlimited DB, time. DB, do we have time? How are we doing on time? Yeah, we're good. We're good. We're okay, good. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Please go. You, DJ, go ahead. So go. My brother and I tell my parents one night, we're going out to rent the ice at the local ice rink. And we're going to play hockey for a couple hours. So we'll be back around 11.30 or 12. My parents are like, okay, no big deal, because we did it all the time. That was the only time we could get ice was late at night. You could rent the ice for like 100 bucks. You get a bunch yep. of your friends. You sure. go rent the ice and play. But we didn't go to play hockey. We went to the bar <laughs> to play a couple of songs. Oh, boy. So we go to the bar. We play a couple of songs. We come home. We walk in the front door. I'll never forget. My dad is standing there, and he goes, uh, so how was hockey tonight? And me and my brother go, that oh, was great. It was awesome. He goes, oh, that's, that's funny because I heard you guys were at Hickey's tonight. <laughs> Hickey's was the local bar. Hickey's, Hickey's, Hickey's is Hickey's, the bar. The Hick. Yeah. <laughs> and me and my brother are just like, well, how did he know that? You know, when you're 14, right. you don't realize yeah, you don't know. your dad is talking to everyone in exactly. the town. He's like, oh, yeah, well, I talked to Mike who runs Hickey's, and he said that you guys sounded good. You were playing yeah. there tonight, so. Next time, just let me know you're going to play there, would you? And I said, yeah, okay. Well, let's well it was a loaded question when he asked <laughs> yeah, how was hockey. Exactly. But it was great. Now, we as an that. adult, you know that. Yeah. Exactly. So we played talent shows at, at the high school, and we played uh, we played different events around town and stuff. And, and, you know, we weren't very good, but it was fun at the time. And, and you know that now that we're talking about cranial explosion, people are going to be tweeting me again. They're going to want to see the pictures. It's been many years since I've tweeted out the pictures, but <laughs> yes. I been, have yeah. some cranial It's in explosion. the Mayor archives. And it's in the archives. Of course and, it is. Yeah. And you won't believe this, much like you, you didn't believe that I, I wasn't cut back in the day and ripped, <laughs> but I also had a very full head of hair. And I had... You sure that wasn't Photoshopped? I had big, big curls coming out of the back of my head. like I Out mean, of the back of your mullet. Yeah, it was a sweet, a, sweet mullet. And... <laughs> I rocked that for as long as I could. Then I got to college, and my head got shaved, and that was the end. They're going to blow up Mayor's Manor with the request for those photos tomorrow, John. You know? <laughs> they are. And, you know, speaking of the, uh, you know, those, your musical tastes, Yeah, you recently checked out Iron Maiden. I did. Down, down at the Bonk. Is it the Bonk Is or the Bank? Is that what they call it? It's the, I don't. I, bonk of California? It, well, it's B-A-N-C. It's not the Bank. It's yeah, it's the, the bank. Bonk. Isn't it? It's Bank. The Bank? I'm pretty sure it's Bank. Okay, yeah. it's Bank. Yeah, so I saw Iron Maiden for the first time this past Saturday night. That was your first time at the venue too, right? No, second time at the venue. I saw a soccer game there. Oh, I did see LAFC earlier this year. Oh, okay. Which was fantastic. Behind enemy lines. Behind eh? enemy lines. Okay, that's good. Uh, They're crazy though. I saw Iron Maiden, and it was just one of the craziest concerts I've ever seen. Bruce Dickinson can rock it like nobody's business, and he's in his mid-60s. And just an amazing show. They played for two hours, and everyone was on their feet for the entire time, and just 
completely blew me away. And this is Maiden's final tour, too, right? Well, that's what they say. Yeah. <laughs> Until but, a check comes right. in and go, oh, but, maybe we'll do it one more but time. But that's what Motley Crue said, and that's what yeah. Kiss said, and that's what The Who said. So far, the crew's sticking That's what the Rolling Stones said. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kiss was done in 96, I think, and they're still... <laughs> There, but this is this is really it this time. Uh, yeah, right. This sure. is it. This yeah. is it. Without question. Yeah, sure. Well, Maybe. allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> right. Until next time. Until Paul needs to make some more money. Exactly. DB, have you heard the story um, about the time that DJ almost killed me? No. Really? <laughs> this oh, is one of my favorite, favorite. Well, I'm sure the fans haven't heard it, so let's go. Do you D- want to tell it or do you want me to tell it? Well, you, you can start to tell it and I'll chime in. Are you want me to set the stage? Set the stage. Okay, set the mayor. stage. Scene seven. Yes, scene seven with the mayor. This let's is, go. This is game seven. King Sharks 2014 Stanley Cup final, or excuse me, Stanley Cup playoffs, excuse me. In San Jose. San Jose, game seven. And uh, so DJ and I, who were, we had been frequent travel partners for a couple of years there during during the playoffs, and he's a, he's a fine travel partner. He gets up much earlier than I do. That's right. Oh, <laughs> I mean, Mare in the morning does not. No. no there's going to be never going to no. be a show Mare in the morning. Never. Ever, never. folks. No. Never. I'm not a morning person. D- DJ likes to get up at five o'clock and like. Shine shoes, grind oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. He's just, I gotta yeah. get my suits ready. For yeah, the day. he's he's pressing his <laughs> yeah, clothes. Exactly. I mean, gotta yeah, iron my shirt. He's ironing his socks. <laughs> he's into it in the mornings. But anyway, on this particular day, we were driving up to North. I don't know why we weren't flying, but we decided to drive to uh, San Jose for Game Seven. Let me tell you, interrupt you for a second. Sure. I tried to fly. My flight was canceled. I missed that game. Well, there you. I go. was I stuck that. at LAX. I remember that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So you drive. You drove. Yep. Kind didn't of. That, didn't that happen another time too, where we missed you uh, on another road trip? I think it did. Yeah. Yeah. Where you were supposed to be. Somewhere the flight was canceled. Game seven. Okay, so <laughs> epic game seven. Go ahead. Yeah, so you're driving we, up the North. So we we drove. No Cal. I'm sorry. Remember, one of the terms of the mayor. It's no Cal. No Cal. That's North right. Cal. Not North Cal. No Cal. No, it's you're from the Upper Peninsula. What do you know? <laughs> Nothing. Um, so you're Dave was driving. Okay. I was I was the passenger. That's the scene. We're driving up the five freeway. There's not a lot on the five freeway. No. DJ, take it away. Let's let's hear. It was very dark. It was. It was it was late at night. We were making a late trip up there. Oh, so you were driving up the night before? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Got it. And right uh, because we had to be there for morning skate. Okay. Yep. Got it. And we were cruising along, not a whole lot of traffic on the road, and we decided to take a little pit stop because they needed to get gas. So Mary says, "Oh, there's a gas station there. Why don't we pull off the freeway?" So I say, "Okay." We pull off the freeway, and I'm going probably 80, 85 at the time. And all of a sudden, we go up the ramp to to exit the freeway. It's one of those exits where the where the you have to go to an overpass type thing. So yeah. you're going up a hill and yep. then cross over and around. And okay. then, yes, exactly. Yeah. So we have to make a left to get yep. to the gas station to go over the freeway on yep. this overpass. Well, this ramp was was a little shorter than I had anticipated, <laughs> oh, no. and we were going 80, 85, 80, 85 at the time. And all of a sudden, I see stop, a stop sign. And there's nothing after the stop. There's no road. There's no anything. Yeah, you it's know, normally really. when you go up to the top of the ramp, yeah. there's a you, ramp you, going you, down. You can go no, get back no. the, there's, there's nothing yeah. there. No, you can't nothing. get back There's the nothing period. there. No, no. Darkness. So Darkness. I <laughs> see the stop sign, slam on the brakes. Literally, slam. we skid for I don't know how long. Oh. As, up until the very last inch of the road. I mean, <laughs> we're almost hanging over oh, no. the road. Yes, yes. <laughs> And you can smell rubber for miles. <laughs> I mean, I locked up uh, the brakes. If his feet could have gone through the floorboard. Like Fred Flintstone? Yes, they, exactly. they would have. I okay. looked over at Mayor, <laughs> and he was ghostly white. <laughs> Which he, he never is. And, I thought and, I was dead. and his knuckles were just like. A white knuckler. Oh into boy. the dashboard. Like, I mean, couldn't you Permanent get a word indentation yes, in the yes. dashboard. Yeah. Yes. I, I think his, his <laughs> still to this day. are still to this day in that dashboard. 
I don't know how we lived. Like, I don't know how we didn't go over <laughs> the edge. I don't we either. Were, we were inches from going over the edge of the overpass. But here's the thing, too, DB. Yeah. We are never at a loss for words when we're together. We didn't talk to each other for a good 30 minutes. Oh, yeah. Really? It was yeah. just silent because it, you couldn't. No. He, we, he sort you're of still like, in, you're like in shock. Yeah. He backs up. He goes to the gas station. Yeah, we had to back up. <laughs> we had to back up to go back over the overpass. Holy Because God. we missed it. We totally missed it. And we're both standing outside the car while he's getting gas, just looking at each other and just... You know, every couple of seconds, you sort of shake your head. Like, mm-hmm. you know, are how we are we st- not dead? <laughs> yeah, we kept saying that. Like, how how are we still alive? We're still alive. We're still here. Okay, we made it. Okay, yeah. and crazy. It was, yeah, it was it travels was, with DJ. Yeah, we were this close to being dead, and I say like this close. Wow. Yeah, but it's a lot of fun. We, we made, made it. it. We Permanently made it. bonded together on that and night. And what a game seven! Yes, and huh? they won. I mean, that's why. Yeah. That, really, that's why. That's why had we, to be there. Witness history. Well, we did. You did have to be there, DB, but you weren't. I wasn't. <laughs> you couldn't make it, DB. I was, I was soft. I tried to fly the day of the game. Yeah. Delay, 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 cancel. See what you miss? I miss you history. You should have carpooled with us. That's all right. Yeah, I should have. Yeah. yeah. No, my weight would have thrown us over the side. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're lucky I didn't. We wouldn't be here right now. Be, it'd be it. I had to stop at the Shell Station and get the my Twizzlers. The kings of the dead cast. You know exactly. I had to get my Twizzlers. So oh, wait a minute. We're talking Twizzlers now. We're talking Twizzlers. There. Twizzlers. have red vines. But I'm a Twizzler guy myself. What's wrong with you? Because he's from the East. I like Twizzlers, man. We just were talking to Jim Fox earlier tonight. Yeah. He's, he's listening to the podcast now. Is he a Red Vines guy? And so he wanted to, yeah, he wanted to trip us a little bit. No, he's a, he's a Twizzler guy. I love Twizzlers. Because he's from the East. Yeah. It's an East he's thing. It is. I like Red Vines, but I would prefer, he if went, I had my choice, I would take He's Twizzlers. born from the UP, but he went to school at Hofstra, so he's an East Coast guy. That's right. right. Did, and worked in New York. Did Foxy right. say he wouldn't be caught dead eating a Red Vine? I think so, yeah. yeah. So, something along those lines. That might he not, was not a fan, John. No, I'll that, take might, <laughs> that might not be the exact quote, but it was along those lines. Yeah, he's he's well, a Twizzler guy. man has good taste. What can I say? Okay. Yeah. What about orange soda or grape soda? Do you like it? Nah, I don't drink soda. Not at all? Water. Water guy. Gatorade? That voice. He's got to nope. protect that voice. Water water and uh, tea. Decaffeinated okay. tea. How many how many cups of tea would you drink before a game? Is it like a, like a multi-cup thing? Yeah, so I'll have, uh, well, I have two in the morning. While I'm doing my notes. And then when I get to the rink, I'll have one in the pregame meeting. I'll have one during rehearsal. What kind of notes? Give me an and idea. Then so one you in wake the, up one in the, the pregame and then usually one per period. So what's that, six? You wake up in the morning and, like, what kind of notes are you making for the game? Well, I make notes on the pronunciations for the players, okay. first of all. So back to and the then list. I go through any milestones that might happen in that game. So if Andre Kopitar has 399 goals, I'll write that in my notes on the side of my score sheet. So I know if he scores a goal, 400, yep. I get to announce his 400th goal. Or if someone has, you know, 399 assists or whatever whatever it is, first NHL goal. So, like, for the first You're couple of games. You're going to be announcing a lot of those this right. year. Right. So, for the first <laughs> first couple of games, if there's if there's a new player in the lineup that hasn't played in the NHL, I'll make a, I'll make a note on my score sheet that says Rasmus Kapari, you know, first NHL goal or first NHL assist or first NHL point, whatever it is. Right. So, I go through and make all those notes as well. Have you worked out Mario Kempe versus Adrian Kempe and how you're going to – Announce that no, I have you, not. If you, if you get into that situation, <laughs> I have this not. Year? Okay. Are we going to have that situation this year? Well, you're calling games in Ontario too, so you will have an opportunity to call Mario's name there. <laughs> That's true. That's yeah. going to be very confusing. Yes, but I'm sure I'll be able to handle it. Okay. Well, I hope so. <laughs> he handled Jimmy Kimmel. He could handle Mario Kempe. Let's yeah. go. Tell us about the Kimmel. This was your second or third time at, at Kimmel. Second time on Kimmel. Second, okay. Yeah, second time on Kimmel. I got to welcome uh, immigrants to America. They got uh, these uh, immigrants got their citizenship. And Jimmy thought it would be the right thing to do to welcome them appropriately rather than going through like a DMV type situation where they just get in line and get their certificate. So Jimmy invited me to come on to the show and 
introduce them in like a starting lineup kind of way. Yeah. Um, you can YouTube it. Jimmy Jimmy Kimmel welcomes immigrants. You can check it out there. The and, skit uh, got a lot of publicity. This yeah, it was because the, the names are impossible. And that's are, and that's yeah. that's part of the that's the, part the of the funny. Right. That's what yeah. makes it kind of funny. And that's you know people say oh how do you pronounce those names, but it's also it's also a really good thing that we're recognizing people for going through the right channels right. in order to gain citizenship. That's a great point. Right. So all these people, you know, they wait in line and they get a certificate and they go, hey, you're an American citizen. Congratulations. So, well, how, it should be bigger than that. And that's right. what Jimmy was No, that's was great. Getting. No, I get the, the concept. So how far in advance do you get those names where you have to practice them? Uh, usually the night before the show. Night before, okay. And then all, they usually send me like a phonetic pronunciation yep. because they've, they've spoken to the people so they know how the people want their name said. And then I got an opportunity to actually meet the people before... We mm-hmm. went on, on set. Oh, really? So I spoke to them, said, congratulations. Hey, can you say your name for me? And then I'd write it out phonetically. And, and they then, said, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> then, any uh, of them ever seen a Kings game? Did that... Probably not. No, did it, never, it never came up? No. Oh, I'm, I'm just no. curious. Well, okay. from, these people are from yeah, well, Iran, and, Iran and, and Turkey. Okay, and... but they've been here for a while. Kinda. Might have seen a game. Maybe. Okay. Uh, so then they would, they would write them out on these, uh, these uh, note, uh, cards? note cards for me. I'd make some notes. And then the writers would come up to me and say, oh, let me take your notes. And they'd go mm-hmm. put in the phonetical spellings and everything, all the different changes I made. In them. They have the best staff that I have ever seen working with anybody ever. They are so on top of it, and they're so good, and they, they took care of me. And I have nothing but great things to say about that show. And Just, you must have crushed it because they brought you back a second time. Yeah, I did. You know, I didn't know. I did it once last year as well. Last summer, they had me on the first time. And then uh, this past summer, they brought me on again, and they brought in Brad Paisley, country singer, and he sang a funny song. They wrote a funny song yep. that he played afterward. And then I got to talk to Brad Paisley for two minutes. He said, hey, great job, man. I'm like, yeah, you too. So it was just like, <laughs> you said, wow. yeah, you too. Yeah. yeah, he was awesome. He was great. <laughs> Don't say, yeah, you too. Well, you did a great job. He's Brad Paisley. <laughs> you too. He's in the, the commercials with yeah. uh, Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. Yeah. It was fantastic. Nationwide's on your side. And then Jimmy uh, Jimmy patted me on the back, and he said, great job. And I was like, wow, this is, this is really fantastic. There are some parallels to you and Jimmy Kimmel, too. In what way? Well, you guys we're are both, bo- you're both white males. No, you guys have no. both gone through the <laughs> the transformation. Jimmy's slimmed down. You've slimmed down. Oh yeah, down. yeah, yeah, yeah. A little so, bit. I'm down about twenty pounds. That's great. Whole thirty I, diet? Didn't you do the whole thirty? I did the whole thirty for a while. I did some. Um, what is that? I don't even paleo know what that diet. Is. Whole thirty is um, it's organic. Okay. All organic foods. Um, no, you can't have soda. You can't have cheese. You can't have bread. Things like that. And it's all like grass fed beef. Uh, free-range chicken, okay. things like that. Um, it's a tough diet to stick to, but yeah, it is. I was able to lose some weight. Because a lot of prepared food. Yeah, right? a lot of prepared food. You have to yeah. really prepare, and I, I have a great uh, wife, Carly, who prepares most of the food, so she does a good job with that. But uh, this past time, it was just watch what I eat, get to the gym, do a lot of cardio, and listen. I mean, I started off at 210 pounds. I'm down to, I weighed myself today as 193, so I'm down 17 pounds. Wow, good for you. I'm hoping to get down to about 180, 185. Why, you have a fight coming up? I got a fight, I got to cut weight. I got to cut weight. So, yeah, (laughs) we'll see. Wear the the, the, the bag suit, you know, the... That's the next thing, but I don't know. I don't have Planet Fitness. I don't know how how they'd uh, look look upon that as I walk (laughs) there. Is there a sauna there? Can you get the sauna? There is not. There's not a sauna. Just turn the heat up then in the men's locker room. I need to sweat. Yeah, so that's... That's the body transformation. That's what I did this summer. That was this summer. That mm-hmm. it was. Hey, you got to get in get in shape now. It's time to start shedding some pounds and becoming healthy. All right, we're gonna we're gonna go out on a high note here, um, Dave. You've been around the game for a long time. You've seen a lot of hockey. Like besides the Kings winning a Stanley Cup, which is obviously a big deal. It puts rings on your finger. But what is like 
your 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 highest hockey highlight, you know, just the moment that when you think back, you're like, wow. I, and it doesn't have to be when you're even working for the Kings. Just something that you've you've seen or done. Besides the time when you got thrown out of your own college hockey game. In your, in your, last uh, game. Last game of your college went hockey game. I went out yeah. on a high note. Yeah, you did. I went on a high you note. You did. Do you want me to tell that story or no? Yeah, uh, sure. Why not? It's a great story. We're playing. Wait, a- we hold on. DB, how are we doing on time? I think we got time. We have time. It's a podcast. Dave, we have time, Dave. Go yeah. ahead. So I played Division Two club hockey at Hofstra University on Long Island. We're playing a college. Flying Dutchman. Fl- Flying Dutchman at the time, now the Hofstra Pride. But when right. I was there, we were the Flying Dutchman. You guys weren't the Twizzlers? We weren't the Twizzlers. <laughs> okay. uh, and we're playing a tournament in Maine to wrap up our season. We were done. We were getting killed in this tournament. And uh, there's a delayed penalty. Whistle blows. A kid on the other team from Bates College takes the puck and fires it into our open net. No. Because our goalie skated yeah. out to go to the bench, right? right? Of course. Delayed penalty. I am in the penalty box already. I took, probably took a stupid penalty. Nobody does anything from my bench. Nobody does anything from, and I'm the captain of the team. Nobody does this thing to, to well. this kid. Not a, no one says a word. I'm well, it's the last game of the season, Dave. Whatever. They, they, you know, you were... still play to win, right? No <laughs> last matter what. game of his career. Last Let's game go. of my career. I'm in the penalty box. I got my helmet off. I got my gloves off, sticks down, everything. I jumped over the penalty box, <laughs> skated to center ice. How'd that go over? <laughs> Tackled the kid, got probably four, five, six punches in before the refs even knew what was going on. Absolutely throttled this kid. The refs pulled me off of him, said, you're done, you're gone. I skated back to the locker room, take a shower. I'm sitting in the locker room, waiting after the game. Coach comes in, and he goes, DJ, what am I even going to say to you? <laughs> I go, I don't know, Sean. Sean Garvey was our coach. He was the golf coach, too. Like, I don't know, Gar, what, what are you going to say to me? Golf goes, coach and the hockey coach. Yeah, yeah, he's great. <laughs> Budgets. He goes, I, I can't say anything to you. He's like, good job. Yeah. Like, okay, That's great. It. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, I went on on a high note. And you guys just had a reunion last year too, right? We did. did. Yeah, we had a those... big reunion. We yeah. had like 50 guys come back. And uh, I realized then that 20-year-old kids can skate a lot faster than I can. <laughs> and uh, boy, was I out of shape. I'd like to go back and play now. I think I'd be a little bit better, but... Boy, those kids can fly at 20 years old. I tell you what. Okay, so back to my question. Yeah. To wrap this up, because Dave Joseph is in my ear saying, one minute remaining in the second Last period. minute of play in the period. <laughs> oh, <laughs> last minute of play now? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, hockey highlight, you're, you're just the one that really stands out. Is there one? The one that stands out for me, other than the Stanley Cup. Yes, of course. That's, other than that's that. one. The one that stands out for me, this is maybe sounds... Maybe it's not what you're expecting, but the one that stands out for me is when Wayne Gretzky dropped the ceremonial puck, and I forget which game it was. It was a playoff game, but Wayne Gretzky was back to drop the puck mm-hmm. uh, before one of the games. And I had met Wayne a couple of times, but didn't know him. You know, we were, we're not friends or anything, but I had met him. And he came down to the box, and he tapped me on the shoulder, and he said, Hey, Dave, how you doing? And I was like, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of weird. This is very, like, I, I don't know if he thought I was David Courtney. No, I don't think or, he thought but, you were David Courtney. But David Courtney was here for so many yeah, years right. when Wayne exactly. played here and everything, right? So, okay. it, But he said, hey, how are you doing? I was like, wow. And then I got to introduce Wayne Gretzky to drop this. Now, ladies and gentlemen, please turn your attention to the center ice as Wayne, Wayne Gretzky drops the ceremony. And I thought, I'm pinching myself right now because this is the guy I grew up watching. Yeah. This is right. the legend in hockey. I have a dog named Gretzky. Like, this right. is the guy that I admired, loved, watched for so many years. And now I'm at Staples Center 
introducing Wayne Gretzky, dropping the ceremonial. I, I still to this day, like it's it's on YouTube. You can watch it there. I still to this day like pinch myself and say, I can't believe I did that. Like I, it it just doesn't yeah. register with and, me. You and know, don't it forget, doesn't seem real. Don't forget the other half of the story is that when after he dropped the puck, as he was walking off the ice, he said. Hey, DJ, I'm really glad you didn't go over the side of that hill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you yeah, did say that. Yeah, yeah. No, that was, that was, that's one that stands out for me. The, the, other one, the other one was um, I used to work for the New York Islanders when I was in college. And uh, now you see the ice crew, how they come out and clean the ice. Yeah, sure. And they didn't used to do that. You used to do it in a Speedo. Well, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, half right. No, we used to go out and we used to shoot T-shirts. We had T-shirt cannons and uh-huh. we used to shoot right. T-shirts to fans sure. in the crowd, right? Yeah, right. We were one of the first ones to do it, and I was a college kid, and I'm making like twelve bucks an hour or something. And my hockey coach at the time at Hofstra was in the front office for the Islanders, and he said, "Hey, you want to come and shoot T-shirts out?" And I'm like, "Yeah, great." So we had a guy in the crowd that used to hold up a, a target. He made a sign yeah. that was a target. Okay. So we'd shoot T-shirts, and <laughs> finally, finally, I got, I shot one, and I hit the target. <laughs> and did, the guy, did you win something? <laughs> The guy sends down a bottle of Jack Daniels after no. the game. Yeah, <laughs> really. <laughs> so great. every game, when you're a college kid, right? Sure, you're looking for yeah, you're looking for booze, some alcohol, exactly. right? Yeah, let's go. So I said every game we're shooting to that guy, and sure enough, right, we hit him four or five times during the season, and every every time, time he he'd said, send down a bottle of Jack Daniels for us. Wow, which was great. So that's a little different story, but I love it. There you go. Dave Joseph, <laughs> thanks for coming on. You're welcome. Second guest ever me. on Kings of the Podcast. Uh, 31 minutes of gold with DJ. Well, Beautiful. Silver, maybe. <laughs> we'll have you back again, DJ. Thanks for coming by. Thanks, thanks buddy. Period three. We're taking it home, DB. Uh, we'll see. This game's not going to be tied, so there's no need for overtime no. today. We're going to go three periods, and, and we're going to call this thing. <laughs> I have some uh, headlines here, some things I yeah, want to please. talk about. First of all, uh, Dave Taylor, his name getting on the Stanley Cup for Kings fans. That's a really big deal. Uh, this is one of the you know all-time greats in the organization. Played a ton of games, 1,111 games in an L.A. Kings uniform. Just passed by Dustin Brown last year. But yep. Dave Taylor's name on the Stanley Cup. Just uh, just what, a good man. Yeah. And, and as you know, Mayor, Certainly responsible for those, partially responsible for those two championships. He's the guy that found Quick. He's the guy that that drafted Kopitar and Brown. So, um, yeah, so really good to see that Dave uh, hooked on once he left here with uh, with St. Louis. And yeah, that's a really a culmination of a fantastic career. Yeah, and you know, hey, speaking of Dave Taylor, just a, a little bit of a of a transition here. Yeah, we've been running this King of Kings tournament. Yes, on uh, on Mayor's great, Manor. Great, great concept, Johnny, coming up with that. So, and we're into we're into round two, DB. So, yeah. um. You know, we saw a lot of runaways in the first round, a lot of just, you know, kind of blowouts, guys that were getting 90% of the votes. But then there were some other matchups that were yeah. a little closer. The Clifford Sandstrom one was pretty close. But Jim Fox versus Matthias Nordstrom. <laughs> I'm going to get back to Dave Taylor here in a second. Yeah. But Jim Fox versus Matthias Nordstrom, that was like almost a 50-50 really? split. Really? It and, went down to the and, wire. And down to the wire, and, and Nordstrom pulled it out at the very end. Mm-hmm. Uh I think Foxy is going to demand a recount if Probably. we ever have him on the show. A rematch. Yes, a, a rematch, rematch in November. Yes. Let's go. <laughs> um, but but coming up in the second round, just take a look, uh, take a listen here, DB, to yeah. some of these things. We have Gretzky versus Palfi. I think we kind of know where I that's going to go. I think who's going to go, yeah. But here's the deal. I mean, when you have 32 players in the in the tournament, there are going to be some matchups that you sort yeah. of, you think, Gretzky's going to eventually, he's going he's gonna, to uh, have some stiff competition. He's going to get through. Perhaps in the third round, though. Um, so on ne- below that, you have uh, Bernie Nichols. Going up against Jonathan Quick, and I will say, DB, I thought that the Jonathan Quick-Justin yeah, Williams matchup that. was going to be really razor tight. 
and it wasn't. Over 80% of the vote to Jonathan Quick. Quickie is going to go up against Bernie Nichols. Bernie was a big fan favorite here for a long yeah. time. Yeah, it's a sleeper, though, because people, you don't, Bernie Nichols is in front of mind when you think of, you well, know, because the number's yeah. not retired. That's true. That's and, a good point. You yeah. know, but yeah, I think point. that he sort of had a resurgence when Daryl brought him back in 2012. Yep. Mm -hmm. People started to remember again. Oh, yeah, Bernie Nichols. I remember. Yep. Yep. Um, then you also have Luke Robitaille going up against Maddie Nordstrom. That'll be good. I know who Jim Fox will be going for in that <laughs> matchup. You have uh, Rogi Vachon going up against Rob Blake uh, in, in one of the other matchups. I think that's going to be. So wait a minute, John. Is the... Uh, are, are Blake and Robitaille in opposite brackets? No, they're in the same quadrant, if Qua you will. They're so same, they're, okay. Yeah, they're, so if, if Robitaille uh, defeats, beats, I don't know what the Next word, round matchup? Yes, if he advances over Nordstrom mm -hmm. and Rob Blake is able to get past Rogi Vachon, which is a tough tough matchup, mm -hmm. then you end up with Luke versus Blake. <laughs> so I, I don't know yeah. how that's going to play in the office, but it could be, <laughs> it could be Luke versus Blake. Yeah. yeah. On the other side of the bracket, now at the top, you have Marcel Dion going up against Kelly Rudy which is certainly a fan favorite from one era yeah. and a fan favorite from for another sure. era. That's a, that's a good one. And then to the Dave Taylor point, you have Dustin Brown going up against Dave oh, Taylor. Now wow. think about that. I mean, you're talking about that's the, tough. the two guys that have played the most games yeah, in LA that's... Kings history. Dustin Brown, two Stanley Cups. Dave Taylor, of course, been around forever. Yep. And, and Dave Taylor against Dustin Brown. The winner of that gets to meet Dion versus Rudy in the next round, so that's mm -hmm. a tough one. And then in the final quad down in the lower right corner of the bracket, you have Drew Doughty going up against Kyle Clifford. Ooh. So... I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, That's two. You 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 could you'd have to dis, you'd have to abstain from voting on that one. Well, right? I, dude, I already had to take a pass. It was Sandstrom exactly. versus too Clifford, tough. and oh, again, oh boy, all your guys. Tomas Sandstrom, the most underrated LA King of all time. Period. I will not argue Undisputed. that. Undisputed, because you'll kill me if I argue. I, exactly. I would. I would break your knee right <laughs> exactly. now. I would, I would make for great radio. Exactly. Um, and then the final matchup is uh, whew, this is a good one too. Butch Goring going up against Andre Kopitar. In, in that bracket there. And if Kopitar gets past Goring and Doughty gets past Clifford, Kopi and you're going to have, yeah, you're going to have eight versus 11. So that's some sweet 16, Johnny, you got I'm going telling, there. I, see, this is what I was trying to explain. I can't to wait people. for the elite eight when it's Blue, Blake and Luke and Kopi right? and Drew. Wow. Hey, you know what though? We don't know if that's how we it's don't know fall because the fans are going to vote. The yeah. voting is already underway. That's great. Every day I post a new matchup. It goes across all social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Right. People are going to have an opportunity to weigh in. You can check it great out. Great concept. Great idea, John. I, Absolutely struck goal with that i am looking really looking forward to these later rounds db because i want to see what the fans are thinking you know because right, yeah you, you're sort of you have a recency bias in some yes, of them exactly i was just going to bring that up but right. it tugs on your heartstrings if you're a long time fan if you're a long time fan like, exactly to go against bernie nichols he might have been your number one kelly rudy with the headband when, yeah, he exactly. might have been your guy when you, you were guy. Exactly. when you were a kid you know or when you were coming up as a king's fan so yep. you have that going on um you know who's not going to the Hall of Fame? Who, John? Uh, would be Willie... De <laughs> not that we were talking about the Hall of Fame, but you know who's not going to be on the King of Kings list is Willie Desjardins. <laughs> and I just was reminded the other day, DB, of a funny yeah. story that I do want to share. Willie Desjardins was... He, he got lost on his first day on the job <laughs> as the LA Kings head coach. And he kept that streak up for the that, most of his tenure, John. It sort of served as the perfect metaphor. <laughs> exactly. His, so for those that don't remember the tweet. Recant it, please. Yes. Willie, Willie told us in the very first press conference at Toyota Sports Center that he was about a half an hour late because he got lost. So he came out of the hotel, I guess, and he went left instead of going right. He's walking all around El Segundo. Uh, I don't know if he went to Big Mike's, which is the you know sandwich <laughs> yeah, exactly. shop that, that DJ and I like to hit up, or if he was over at uh, the Habit, which is where Rob Blake likes to have Exactly, or Five Guys. Who I don't knows? know where he was, but he was walking around El Segundo. He called somebody, and he finally figured out how to get over there. Somebody picked him up. I don't know. 
but he ended up back there. Uh, yes, good old Willie Desjardins. And now he's in Moose Jaw. No, no, no. He no? is in, no. Is he in Moose Jaw? Uh, no, the Medicine Hat Tigers. Oh, Medicine Hat. I was close. Yes. Emer- oh, come on. Home of Emerson Edom. Okay. Of course, Emerson you're, Edom, former. You're a better historian than Anaheim I am, John. Ducks. Exactly. Okay. Well, there you go. Um, <laughs> I do want to give you a quick, a quick humble brag that you, when I was go talking ahead, to you about please. this, you told me to bring this up on the podcast, so it's kind of weird for me to bring it up. Just but bring it up. Come on. I'm, I'm really thrilled about this. Go ahead. I received an email earlier this week and yes. was asked to you vote should talk about that. in the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. Now, some people might laugh about this, but Dave Meltzer is like. The OG. That's, he's like he's the, the OG. Bob McKenzie. Yes. Of Great pro analogy. wrestling. It's like, this is the guy, yep, yep, okay? If you're yep. a pro wrestling guy. Right. And Dave Meltzer, the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, which has Rest, been around forever. Forever. forever exactly. Yep. And uh, I was invited to to vote in this year's class. That's amazing. Of That's Hall wonderful. Of and for, for people like you and I that are longtime fans, this do you, is... Have you, do you get a ballot? Yeah, you get a so there, there are people, it, they're nominees. It's it's broken out. Well, you can nominate people yourself Self, as well. Right. But the, like, there's like a starter kit where there's, you sort of know. Okay, and it's broken out by territory too. So That's depending fantastic. on the level of your fandom or the level of your, um, you know, because it's writers and it's pro former wrestlers right. that are part of this committee. Right, right. It's a small committee. It's not yep. like it's opened up to like fan voting. Exactly. So writers and historians That's and a, wrestlers wow. and people in wrestling management, but it's broken up by territory. So you have like. Yep. American and North American wrestlers, and then there's Japan, if you follow that, which I have. There's um, Mexican, That's... if you follow Lucha Libre and stuff like that. Yep. And then there's the sort of elder bracket for those people that were sort of pre-television days, which I don't really have a lot of familiarity right. with. But, right. I mean, I know some of the heavy hitters, but right. they're already in. You know? Exactly, sure. So I'm really excited. Yeah, so look, another ground rule of the podcast. Like, if I can brag about Ben Hunton, you can brag about voting for the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. I'm pretty excited okay. about it. No, so. you should be. That's a great – it's – it's like when we vote for the uh, NHL awards. It is. You're when part you, of you you're get, part of his wrestling history. When John. you get the ballot, it, it you, you feel get a to sense determine of history you in feel that a sport. Sense of yep. Responsibility. Like you and I have talked about this off the air before too. Yeah. We take this type of stuff seriously. Very if seriously. If you're asked to vote on the Norris or whatever, right. you put a lot of thought into it. You're I mean, you and to, I you compare notes, right. and we you know we ask each other questions, and you're determining the history of a sport, and same thing with wrestling. So that that's something that you should be proud of, John. That's a that's I'm a great designation. I'm very proud of it. Yep. Uh, there are, look, there normally are a lot of events here at Staples Center, but yeah. uh, DB, we're sitting here as we're, they're closing down Staples Center as we're recording the podcast. From what I understand, this place is going to look exactly the same for the next four days. There are no other events here, so they don't really have to do anything. Normally when the Kings are done, they clean it up because another right. event is going to be happening. Right, change over, whatever, right. What Break we're looking at right here, it's going to look this pristine for the next couple days. Right. The game's here on Thursday. The ice is still going to be there. That's... That should make for probably some of the best ice, ice that the that's Kings true. That's a great point because it's it's one. It's I think the most utilized building in in North America. I think it, it has to be yeah. uh, right there along with with uh, Madison Square Garden, right? Yep. Um, now, DB, this I posted this article earlier today, and this is what I was hoping to end with here today. Sure. Is I posted this article, and so I know it doesn't play well, you know, when you're listening because I'm going to show you a picture, but. These are the three jersey comps oh, yeah. I saw that. for the stadium ser- series uh, jersey. Now, if you if you mayorsmatter.com, yeah, absolutely. If okay. you want to if you want to know what the stadium series jerseys might look like for the games in Colorado, go to mayorsmatter.com. We have three jerseys that are comped up on there. Wait, John. Wait, wait, wait. There's purple in the jerseys. There is purple in the jersey. <laughs> I do want to dispel another myth, by Please, the way. Please, go ahead. Luke Robitaille does not hate purple. <laughs> this is a true story, DB. I get people tweeting me and asking me this all the time. Why does Luke Robitaille hate purple? And the reason the Kings <laughs> don't have purple in their jersey is because Luke hates purple. I, I, I confirmed. I just talked to Luke about this a week ago to mm-hmm. make sure 
Like, hey, Luke, come on, just tell me. Like, yeah, I'm the well, down, like, yeah, really. What, what's your deal with inside purple? information? Do, do you hate purple? Like, what happened? You know, and no, he does not hate purple. And he told the story all over again about how you know when they were coming out with the black uh, jersey, right. the home plate jersey, that the players liked it, and that's how he wanted, why he knew they wanted to wear it and whatnot. Sure. But I'm just curious. So there are three jerseys, DB. Yep. Um, fans are voting on them right now on mayorsmanner.com. The jersey that that I'm suggesting, or, or you know, mm-hmm. and if you read the article, it explains why yeah. I believe the jersey will look something similar to this. Okay. I could be very wrong, but it still makes for good speculation. Sure. Between now and December, we have a lot of time to talk jerseys. Yep. I'm just curious. Do you have a preference? Yep. The purple jersey, the black jersey, or the white jersey? Do you have a preference yeah. if the Kings were to wear this? Which one would you prefer they wear and why? Purple. The purple jersey. Yeah. Absolutely. And is it just because you're, uh, honestly, are you tired of just people tweeting you telling you they need purple in the jersey? I'm being serious. <laughs> no, or- I just think aesthetically it looks the best. I like it. It's okay. like, it, looks, it's looks, it looks cool to me. And the other two versions I'm used to, I, I haven't really seen something with a dominant purple jersey. That's why, because it's something new and fresh for me. Now, let me ask you, though, if they yeah. were to wear this purple jersey that's in the article, yeah. how do you feel that would look, though, up against Colorado? Because they're that blue and maroon and whatnot. And the NHL doesn't seem to have a problem they with color pro- on color. Yeah, they, don't. they don't. I'm just curious about you. Would you? No, I have no problem with it, John. I think you're, the, you're, you're more into that stuff than me. I, I like the purple one, and I've seen these other two before, so that's probably part of the problem. Oh, we have. Well, yeah, now they're coming after us. <laughs> Is that the signal, over. the signal of the end of the podcast? I'm not sure what that is. But <laughs> DB, it's, yeah. it's been a fabulous show. Thanks Absolutely to Dave Joseph, Dave Joseph for stopping by. Listeners, uh, thank you so much. Continue to retweet yep. it. Let everybody know about Kings of the Podcast. Until next time, we're taking you out with The Four Horsemen by Metallica. In a noisy, stressful world, quiet is the most valuable commodity. And the cabin of every Lincoln vehicle is designed with this principle in mind. Should you desire a little more melody, our available Revel Audio system will not disappoint. The very same engineering that makes for a whisper-quiet interior provides a studio-like setting in which to rock out to your music, finding harmony all around you. That's the power of sanctuary. And that's Lincoln. Revel and the Revel logo are trademarks of Harman International Industries, registered in the United States and other countries.